0: Welcome to The Intersection of Black Culture and Horticulture with your girl, Kola B. Talkin'. And guess what, y'all? We Black in the Garden. You have arrived at The Intersection of Black Culture and Horticulture with your girl, Kola B. Talkin', hostess with the mostess of Black in the Garden. Need I say more? Guess what, y'all? We got an intro. So you already know what time it is. You know this is Black in the Garden. You know I'm cool to be talking. And I'm very excited to be back for season two of Black in the Garden. And the only thing that's missing at this particular moment is an air horn. Brr, 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 brr. <laughs> I just need me an air horn. I'm still working out a few follies you know little sound devices or whatever but yo we made it we making it I hope that y'all are safe and that y'all are well I hope that y'all are caught up on season one if you're not guess what guess who's not judging I'm not judging I appreciate your support if you're listening right now thank you so much your ears that's all I ask for when you sit here with me I just need your ears two of them if you got them so I'm so excited I'm Cola B talking. I think you know that by now. I'm ready for season two. We're going to get into this thing with story time. Right quick, before we go any further, I just need to make a very special. And very time-sensitive announcement. So basically what had happened was, or what is about to happen, on tonight, the premiere of Black in the Garden. And when I say premiere, it's a party. We're going to be celebrating that Black in the Garden, Black in the Garden has reached season two. Hey, 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 season two, y'all. We rolling it out. We're going to talk to some previous guests. We're going to talk to some future guests. I mean, it just depends on who all stops by. Uh, just a fun and informal situation. We're going to toast. We're going to talk. we going to kiki. We're going to have some games, a little something, something. You know, this is virtual. So this is the world that we're living in right now. But Black in the Garden is premiering season two. And you are invited to join. The link is in the show notes and Instagram bio. Hey, y'all. Hey, Soil Cousins. I need to have a word with you. This is a public service announcement about voting because we all need to do it. All right. So we know this is a, a election year. All right. There's a it's a presidential election, but we need to be mindful of a couple specific things. There are many more candidates on the ballot besides the president. All right. So what you need to do is go to ballot ready. That's B A L L O T read for a nonpartisan guide to your entire ballot. You can see the whole thing. You need to know what's on there so you don't get in the booth looking cray or just being completely uninformed and leaving some parts blank. Leaving it blank, yo, that's just an opportunity for evil to prevail. And the last thing we need is for evil doing that. So from there on the Ballot Ready site... You can compare your candidates based on their stances on issues, biography, or endorsements, and then you can save your choices to use when you vote by mail or in the voting booth. We have options. You can even request your absentee ballot or make a plan to vote because we need a plan early on or on election day. This election matters. So make sure that you have a plan to vote so that you can vote informed, y'all. And I want to make sure that you understand that it is, you might be unfamiliar with some of the more local positions. That's really what I'm talking to you about. Like, I I want you to consider that. We know you probably have already kind of made up your mind about who you want to vote for for president. That's your business. But if you are unfamiliar with some of the more local positions, positions, we recommend hosting a ballot party. All right? We can, we can. You know, make it a little bit fun. Get together with your friends over Zoom. Split up the research. You guys, you know, go through your ballots together so that we can be informed about these local positions that matter so much. They control things like who to prosecute and they're monitoring the quality of our drinking water and even the access to some of the spaces that we want to use for community gardening. You know, there's so many things and changes that have happened with polling places and such as a result of COVID. So we just want to make sure, well, I just want to make sure with this public service announcement that my Soil Cousins are prepared. Go to BallotReady.org and enter your address to make a plan to vote and vote informed. Previously on Black in the Garden... (laughs) Y'all thought I was about to do some kind of love and hip-hop vignette. No, ma'am. Hey, so what happened was last time you talked with me on this here podcast, it was the beginning of March and we closed out season one and we had a wonderful, fantastical time talking with Matthew from Black Haven Ranch. 40 acres or nothing less. That's what it was. But what we did not know is that after that episode and after the subsequent break that we were going to be faced with some very significant and unprecedented events in history. Y'all, we are literally living some very significant history right now. I'm talking about, uh, the Rona came and and told us all to sit down. And, uh, so that's what many of us had to do. Um, um, My heart goes out to those of you who are listening or just anybody who has had any kind of loss or heartbreak or grief in dealing with friends or family members or, you know, anyone who you care about that has been affected by the coronavirus, by the pandemic. Y'all like this is this is a serious matter. And so I want to not just be all jokey jokey, but really make sure that I am respectful and and giving that deference that it is definitely deserving. Uh, I start to feel like I'm stumbling a little bit, like, uh, 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 trying to be all eloquent and and say all the right things. But we've established this earlier this year when we were talking about uh, another unfortunate event that sometimes you just don't really have the right words to say. And I'm just saying that we had ended season one and I was very much excited about what, what all was going to be happening in, in between the break and coming back. And a pandemic was not one of those things that I was excited about because obviously like pretty much everyone Definitely was not anticipating that. But some changes have happened. Uh, we have swerved. And what a swerve. Uh, for those of us who know how to swerve, I'm telling you, um, I'm referring specifically to the concept of adaptability and being adaptable. And, you know, obviously, we're, we're this is all about the intersection of, of Black culture and horticulture and things of that nature. So I'm thinking about how our plants, how they move when they are stressed, and how they move when when they're when we don't give them the best conditions, when we don't when we don't know or we don't try to make sure that our plants have what they need, our plants, if at all possible, will find will find a way. You ever find like um some seedlings or some plant that ended up getting knocked over somewhere. And then by the time you come back to it, the plant has started to face a whole different direction. The plant has completely like moved itself. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about because only if you have experienced this, can you, can you see this in your head? Like I'm seeing it in my head, but you find a plant that basically had been knocked over and it's, stretched it is moved in order to figure out like where's the sun where's the sun and i feel like in some ways the end of the pandemic (laughs) is the sun (laughs) and we're all stretched out we all stretching out trying to figure out when in the world are we going to be able to get ourselves situated back up on the shelf Like that plant that fell and get back to air quotes normal. I have to say air quotes because, you know, audio, but we're going to get there. And I want to encourage you. I hope that you are encouraged at least in some way every day. And if you need to listen to Black in the Garden for encouragement, you know I like to encourage. If you need to reach out to me directly, you know I like to encourage. I'll do it. I don't mind. All you need to do is hit that email link because, you know, this is a time when support is everything. And I hope that we all have it. I hope that we we recognize how important it is in whatever way we are getting it. Because unfortunately, some of us are like alone, a And when you are alone and you are actually forced to be alone, you got to reconsider what the support system entails. And you also have to consider how you're going to get access to that support system or what exactly it is. Perhaps you were accustomed to your support system being touchable, you know, like you could get to them, you could interact with them, you could brunch with them. Y'all, we gonna brunch one day. I promise we gonna brunch. I can't wait to brunch. Black in the Garden brunch? What you talking about? Anyway, your support system (laughs) is probably virtual. You know what I mean? Um, It may be people that you know very well. And it may have some people in it who you don't know extremely well, but you do know that if they're nothing else, they're supportive to you. And they always have a kind, encouraging word or an inspirational word. So I encourage you to to pay attention to those people. If anybody is not being that for you during these times, if you can stay away from them, by all means do. That was just an alarm. But you know what? Ha <laughs> ha. We're gonna keep this show going, <laughs> so y'all know we were doing uh on season one, we were doing our Kwanzaa Principle of the week, and I whew, by the time we got to the end of season one, I was just like forgetting, like just straight up, I was forgetting. Uh, it's, it's like a pile of post it notes and a bunch of uh notebooks and assorted devices with additional notes that are all over the place, just a little behind the scenes information on what is happening with the black in the garden. So uh, just trying to keep up with a lot of things and do all the things slash, I don't know, hashtag doing the most. It's fine. It's fine. Those of you who behave in a similar manner, you understand. And that's, that's about as good as it gets sometimes because then nobody say that anything had to be perfect. I'm just letting you know that we're going to, you know, go with the theme. The theme for this episode is sustainability. Uh, The theme is perseverance. The theme is, you know, moving, keeping in stride. That is a very important theme that we all need to observe kind of by force, but, you know, we can perfect this thing. And so... We're talking about sustainability with our guest today, which is really one of my favorite topics ever since, y'all. So I'm a 90s kid, and I remember when Nickelodeon first rolled out, and they had the big help. And it was like this campaign, and they would talk about kids who were recycling and like cleaning up parks and doing all kinds of environmentally friendly things. I'm pretty sure they were I'm pretty sure they were gardening and growing stuff, but I was plant blind back then, so I didn't pay attention. But I just know that, I say all that to say, that from an early age, you could call that propaganda if you want, uh, this whole concept of a an, a company that is producing content to entertain children and they talk about things like, you know, taking care of the earth I, I feel like that's a responsible way to use a platform like that. And it did have a positive impact on me all the way through my whole life. I never let go of those principles. And I'm so glad that I was even introduced to them in the first place. Because really, uh, if it were not for that, I'm not really sure where my introduction at a young age to the concept of sustainability and not littering and recycling and, you know, the basic things that we think of uh, regarding sustainability in that manner. So I do want to give a shout out while I'm talking about the theme of this episode. I do want to give a shout out to Nickelodeon of all people wasn't planned, but shout out to Nickelodeon and the big help and shout out to you. If you know what I'm talking about, what y'all know about the big help, huh? Yes, season two, the season of evolution and continued growth. And speaking of evolution and continued growth, let's go ahead and give some shout outs to uh, those who have joined the team, the Black in the Garden team, in order to uh, help us out with some of these contributions that you have noticed. Undoubtedly, you noticed our theme song, which is provided by Ill Sounds and those Details will be in the show notes, and you can find that also on, you know, on the socials that I'm updating. And also, speaking of socials, go to my Instagram right now if you can. Look at this dope new art by Paula Champagne, who is an incredible graphic artist and just artist extraordinaire in general, because she doesn't just do graphics, she also does videos And she just supports Black people in nature, which it seems like such a simple thing. But y'all, I mean, obviously we have a lot to unpack. (laughs) We have a lot to unpack, but hey, we got a whole podcast for that. So once again, shout out to Ill Sounds and Paula Champagne for being really dope additions to the Black in the Garden team as far as we can hear And as far as we can see. So while we were gone, it was not like the world just completely disintegrated. There were some pretty cool things that happened while Black in the Garden was on break. I feel like there was some kind of a solstice, but don't quote me on that. I know there was definitely a pink supermoon, which was beautiful. I hope that you saw it. If you didn't see it, go look at some pictures. It's fine. It is fine. It's fine. Go look at some pictures. But if you're into lunarly types of things and woo woo type things, then, you know, that probably was a pretty big deal to you. We also missed 420, y'all. I really wanted to do a special episode, but like your girl just did not have the bandwidth. I didn't have the capacity. I really was like, yes, that would be dope. We need to talk about these things. That is a huge subject cannabis, Mary Jane, hemp, whatever you want to call it. We will be having. Multiple conversations about that because it there's a lot of ways that it relates to our community, and of course, as it being a plant and it being something that is grown, uh, it is a perfect, perfect uh, addition to the lexicon of the Black in the Garden catalog. So be convinced <laughs> we will have that episode and we will definitely celebrate. And all of the glory. And we also missed Earth Day. Oh my God, I missed Earth Day. I mean, I didn't miss Earth Day. As far as I'm concerned, every day is Earth Day, like for real, for real. But Earth Day was last week and, you know, we were on break. So I just want to mention those things because those are amazing, wonderful, fantastical occurrences that happened Unlike the one big thing that is kind of stopping a lot of things, other things from happening. So good things, right? Good things. Let us rejoice in that and let us get ready to go ahead and start this interview. I mean, there's so many other things that we will be talking about, but I have to continue to remind myself that girl, you can't, you can't do it all in one episode. You can't even do it all in one season, all right? Of course, I want there to be more podcasts like this, especially ones where we can get specifically into the, the mechanics of growing and things of that nature. Uh, that's not exactly what this show is at this point, but we will be incorporating more kind of um, instructional types of advice, types of types of segments, if you will. And I just appreciate you for rocking with me and make sure that you do reach out at black in the garden on Instagram. Make sure you reach out black the garden at gmail.com to let me know what you see for it. Because, hey, it, this is not just everything coming out of my imagination. I am super open to a good old contribution and I would definitely be grateful for that. And so without further ado, without any further, any more of that, we're going to get into this interview with Ashley Renee. She goes by, Hey, Ashley Renee on all of the things. And I made the mistake of thinking it was R-E-N-E-E. You know, that's, that's the old standard. My, um, my oldest sister, her middle name is Renee (laughs) and we spell it in the old, old way. But R E N N E. That's the important distinction that I want to make for, uh, when you spell her name, this is audio. So it is important that we say it. All right. It's in the show notes, of course, but, uh, I mean, I introduced her at the beginning and she be doing all the things. So like I said, no more of that ado without further ado, (laughs) let's go ahead and get into this interview. All right, and thank you so much for joining us on Black in the Garden for this interview that we have on today with a very special soil sister. Hey, Ashley Renee. And I want to tell you a little bit about Ashley Renee because, wow, uh, she is a travel blogger, a vegan influencer, she's an entrepreneur, a video producer techie like I could go on but most importantly because I know she definitely wants to tell us a lot about this she's a sustainability and vegan lifestyle coach and a champion of those things so Ashley you are giving me reasons to stand right now (laughs) (laughs) Thank thank you for joining us
1: thank you for having me
0: so let's just jump right in starting with the sustainability and vegan lifestyle coach how did you how did you decide that that would be something out of the many things that you do that that's something that's important to you
1: um well it it actually started um a few several years ago actually i want to say back in 2015 so what we're in 2020 now so yeah about five years ago um i started out as a travel influencer and content creator so my passion was travel and That's all I thought I wanted to focus on. And it wasn't until I took a trip to Bali in 2015 and I just remember stepping onto this beach and being surrounded by heaps of litter everywhere, just trash, just piles and piles of trash. And you know, Mm. it just didn't represent the images that I had seen of Bali growing up. You know, it wasn't that eat, pray, love Bali that we saw in, you know, the movie. I, I was shocked. I said, oh, so this is, this is reality. And it was the first time in my life that I think I really understood just how much power we have as individuals all the way from say the United States, the effect that our actions have on wow. a country on the opposite side of the world you know, because it's not just how people in Indonesia are living that contributed to that trash. It's the travelers who go there. It's, you know, people all the way over here in the United States and different countries who are dumping their trash into the oceans that travel near and far and across the world and end up on the beaches of other countries. And so it was the, it was the spark. It was the first spark that made me realize that I wanted to do better because, I think a lot of people feel like, oh, we're just one person, you know, what impact can I have as an individual, but imagine if every single person thought that they could make a difference, if everyone actually truly believed that they could make a difference, then this world would be a very different place, so it's like, yeah, and I always kind of, like, bring up this quote, you know, about plastic bottles, like, you know, if, if one billion people, or no, we're at well, like seven point seven billion people at this point in the world. If seven point seven billion people say it's just one plastic bottle, that's a lot of plastic bottles that you're not caring about. So it right. does make a difference. So it just made me realize that you know I wanted to be that person. Like if you want to change the world, you have to start with yourself. So I started down that journey, and that's how my journey started. I decided to work on myself and work on making changes in my everyday life and then over time it, it just completely changed my, my brand and I wanted to share that with the world and share how other people could do it too
0: it's like a seed had been planted and yeah. I love you made such a good point when you're saying when you're breaking it down to every individual who is you know a part of this the, this earthly population mm-hmm. if we all were to make a decision to uh, be more conscious, it would really help. I know. I I remember recently thinking about something similar, and you know, sometimes when, especially if you're in a household where, um, because that's kind of uh the situation that I was in at that time, being in a household where you're with someone who doesn't care, and you're like trying to separate the recyclables, <laughs> then it gets a little frustrating because you're like digging through the trash for a plastic bottle. And I'm like, oh, just don't. But mm-hmm. I realized at that point, what happened was I remember thinking, well, what, what is the point? And then I, was, I reassured myself with something similar to what you were saying because I was like, you know what? Um, just because everybody else might think that it's not a big deal to trash the planet doesn't mean that I have to. Mm-hmm. So... it's like a a matter of accountability where when you care about the earth, then you're going to take that extra step because for some of us, or maybe all of us, it requires an extra step. What would you say about sustainability and how that works in our everyday lifestyle as far as it being easy or not?
1: Um, I think you're going to make time for whatever you care about. So, you know, I think a lot of people might convince themselves that something is hard, but it's only hard if your brain is telling you that you don't want to do this, right? Because our brain is designed to protect ourselves from pain. So if you've convinced yourself that something is going to be hard before you even try or before you even start it, then your brain's going to do everything in its power to convince you not to do it. So Mm -hmm. I think it just starts with, you know, a change in our mentality, like you have to you have to want to take that step. You have to make that conscious decision to want to live a, a more sustainable lifestyle, try to figure out what, what is in it for not just, you know, the planet, but also for you, because, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize that sustainability, it's not just, it's not just going to benefit animals. It's not just going to benefit the environment. It's not just going to benefit the planet as a whole. It's going to, it's going to benefit you as a person. And there are so many different, you know, uh, benefits and, good reasons to be sustainable personally. And I think if people can just kind of like educate themselves and, and look at those benefits, and, and they'll, they'll have a more of a reason to want to do it and want to try it. And it'll kind of remove some of that, that pain, some of that fear, some of that, I don't really feel like doing this, or I don't, I don't have the time to do this mentality. Yeah. that. know a lot of people have about sustainability but it's not hard you know and anything is hard if you make it out to be but if you change your mindset you change your mentality then it won't be hard at all you just have to take that step that first step to change your mindset
0: that's very true that applies to everything um Mm -hmm. it just reminded me um let me find my words it reminded me of uh experience that i had with weight loss where i know uh, many people can identify with what that's like. And um, I had a great success in doing so. Um, but one thing that I recognized when I started gaining momentum and I started seeing results was that I had to convince myself <laughs> every single time, every time, every decision I made, whether it be what I was eating or whether or not I was exercising or how much, you know what I mean? It, it really was a mindset change and so very well stated with indicating that it is it does require a mindset change and it seems like and now we're coming back to quarantine life (laughs) it seems like because of the way that there is so much uncertainty right now uh, as a result of us living in a pandemic that it's something that is being considered more seriously. What have you noticed about the the connection between sustainability and um, living during pandemic times? This is so unprecedented.
1: It is unprecedented. And I think the scary thing about it is nobody really knows what's going to happen, right? That's the scary part. Like, what is going to happen? Things are changing every day. One minute you think, oh, this is all going to be over in one week, two weeks. I'm just going to be quarantined for two weeks. And the next you're finding out, oh, school's out until, you know, next fall. Sorry. You're have to babysit your kids and homeschool your kids for another few months. Sorry for That's you. So good. And so, you know, you know, people are finding themselves completely unprepared for something like this because, you know, you go your whole life kind of on autopilot. You have like this routine day in and day out. You're doing this, you know, same thing over and over again. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, something happens that completely changes your entire life. And if you don't know how to switch and pivot at the drop of a dime, it can completely knock the wind out of you. It's, you know, ever since I was a kid, I've always had this one quote that I have repeated over and over again. It is not the strongest or the most intelligent who survive. It is the ones who are able to adapt to change quickly. Those are the ones yeah. who survive. If you can adapt to change quickly, you're good. But I think a lot of people are scared when things happen when change occurs and they don't know how to adapt but if you have an adaptive personality or if you're at least open to you know quickly finding a way to kind of flow with what's happening versus fighting against it or you know mourning the fact that your life has changed so much you know you you can kind of pick up these pieces and, and make something out of it but it's difficult right because it, it it's hard it, it, you know, not a lot of people can, can deal with change. Um, but I will say this, if you have a sustainable mindset, you're going to have an easier time dealing with this kind of situation because you have, you have basically built up your life to be resourceful and to be resilient and to use what you have and to think long term. We live in a society that is very fast paced. We want things and we want it now. We want things and we want the convenience of of having it and then being able to throw it out. So like a lot of the things that we get are disposable. We We don't really, yeah, single Mm -hmm. use. We live in a single use world. We value convenience over longevity. But if you have a sustainable mindset, if you know how to grow your own food instead of having to rely on a grocery store, if you know how to, you know, use a bidet instead of stocking up (laughs) on toilet (laughs) paper. (laughs) (laughs) if you know how to wipe your hands on a you know reusable kitchen towel instead of having to use paper towels for everything you know if you know how to use all these things that are built to last and and built to be used over and over again versus thrown out every second you know every single time you use it you're going to find that your resources will last a lot longer and you won't be in a constant state of panic and wondering what's going to happen when I run out of this because if you have a sustainable mindset, you're not gonna run out of anything that you need. You're gonna have exactly what you need when you need it.
0: Yes, listen, I know that based on well, you just spoke a whole lot of truth and I love everything that you just said. Um, but listen, okay, so you you brought up a lot of points and they made me think about some of the infographics that you've shared. They've I think they've kind of gone viral with the infographics that you've shared about uh, sustainable sustainability and how it can be beneficial um, mm-hmm. during these uncertain times, especially when we're considering how we're using our resources. So shout out to you for that. Thank you. And, uh, talk a little bit about how you having your, your life and your home set up in such a way uh, that you you're so chill right now about uh, dealing with this and how it has or has not really affected your life
1: yeah I, I feel very relaxed not much has changed and, and I feel like a little bit of an outlier and I have to stop myself from feeling guilty about it or feeling bad about it <laughs> <laughs> you know you know sometimes it feels so bad because like oh you know I'll have my little you know happy hour chats with my friends and everybody's distressed I'm just like oh sorry yeah <laughs> now really, you doing? I'm like I'm I'm good. <laughs> right? You I got my is, bidet. I'm good. I got my bidet. And, I was, you know, and it's funny because I, I keep trying to explain things to people. And they're just like, oh, bidet. No, I don't know about that. You know, people are very stubborn because when you when you try to tell somebody that something that they've been doing their whole life, you know you know, could be modified to be a little bit better. You know, people get very resistant, you know. Mm. People are very resistant to change. It's like I was telling you earlier. But I'm telling you, if you if you know how to adapt, if you can be open-minded to try new things and consider how maybe a new way of doing things might be better than the way you've been doing it before, you know, you'll have a much easier time adapting to, you know, a pandemic situation when, like, you're yeah turned upside down so yeah for example like you know with me um I was on a call last night with my friends and they were all like everybody hold up your nails I'm sure everybody's nails looking raggedy and so I felt I was like oh I don't want to hold up my nails and and my husband's like go ahead hold up your nails I hold up my nails everyone's like how do your nails look so nice it's like well I'm dropping my sustainable nail care video on YouTube." oh my god I can't stand (laughs) you they were like man, Ashley, like, you over here with these nice up like, what is your secret? What are you doing? I was like, you know,
0: sustainable nail care, you gotta get with it. So what I just heard, Ashley, this is what, what I just took from what you said is <laughs> this, because of sustainability, because of how deep in the game you are, you're not gonna catch Ashley slipping.
1: You ain't gonna catch me slipping. You're you not
0: going. like, nails are cute. I have a video about it, sis, if you're interested. <laughs>
1: all these resources (laughs) and my husband just busted out laughing he was like
0: you're such a YouTuber (laughs) like comment and subscribe to my channel guys (laughs) I mean but it's your YouTube is dope why don't you just go ahead and tell us a little bit more about that since you brought it up we'll just flow with it
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, so like I said, I, I started out um, in the travel game. So that's, that's what I started out doing. I uploaded like a bunch of travel guides and um, travel videos. And then over time, once my brand started um, shifting and pivoting towards sustainability and plant-based living, now like my content, I, know, I can't remember the last time I posted a travel video. It's, you know, I'm really on a mission to try to come up come out with material that educates, that inspires people, that shows people how to do this because it is a learning curve. And I realize that video is one of the best ways to reach people and to educate people. Like yeah. I know I built a lot of my following on Instagram and it's a very visual platform, You put out a picture, great. But video, there's nothing like video. Like if you can walk people through steps, you can show people. And I love shooting video. You know, video production is my background. So I know how to make educational like content and I love doing it. It makes me so happy. I love putting videos together. Um, I love, you know, writing the scripts and you know making it really thorough and breaking it down for people to make it as easy for people to digest as possible because, you know, my ultimate goal is to educate, like I wanna educate people and help people transition their lives, you know, to a life that they can be proud of, that they can be happy with, that, you know, can enrich them, that can make them feel healthier, have healthier homes, and, you know, just be better planeteers, so, you know, that's my mission, yeah, that's my mission, so, and and I want to do it through video, like, video is my favorite way to connect with people so you know lately i've just been trying to pump out a lot of good youtube content um you know i asked my audience the other day like what do you want to learn from me and a lot of it was about sustainability they want more sustainable content because they are curious and that makes me so happy because honestly yes it's you know what it was scary first pivoting into this niche because i was like ain't nobody gonna want to learn about this
0: <laughs> when you say ain't nobody did you Were you thinking about Black people? Like, let's just be totally real because we know that there's not always been a connection between the the, the idea that you have of the environmentalist and black people yeah
1: that's a big one I, I will definitely mm-hmm. say and then you don't see ourselves represented in this niche very often like when I look <sighs> for sustainable influencers I'm not seeing people who look like me so I'm it's like it's so good
0: me? Ashley that you're you're filling that that place so I appreciate you that much more because I just realized that when you said that that's so true
1: yeah, there, there aren't a whole lot. I did some digging and I found some. And I, I, every time I find one, I bookmark it on Instagram. I'm like, yes, I found one. Yes. <laughs> we out here.
0: <laughs> That's dope. Okay, yeah. so I wanted to uh, mention two OG uh, influencers. And I say OG because they were around before <laughs> <laughs> before Instagram and yeah. so I'm gonna tie in a few things I know that because um, I watched a few of your Tesla videos and because <laughs> girl you're like Tesla champion we going over here <laughs> we're going to Chicago we going to California and okay. it really came across your video production skills But it reminds me of John Francis right yeah. okay so John Francis was known as the planet Walker and Oh my God. So I just wanted to tell you because I'm not sure if you know, but um, he, so he gave up all motorized transportation for 22 years. He walked everywhere. Wow. Everywhere. And it reminds me of, you saw Forrest Gump, right? Yes. That is exactly what this sounds like. I feel like that part of Forrest Gump when he was, he was like, I just felt like walking. I feel like they probably kind of took that from John Francis. I don't know. Cause I haven't done the research, mm-hmm. but let me tell you how serious he was about walking. So he was struck by a car and somehow he was like, you know, unconscious. Mm-hmm. He was picked up by an ambulance crew and when he, woke up and realized that he was in an ambulance he was like let me out (laughs) no let me out so i'm like ashley (laughs) i feel like you got a tesla so you wouldn't have to go the john francis route but (laughs) i I wanted to share because john francis is black (laughs) so i definitely wanted to highlight one of our uh black history environmentalist ogs
1: This is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. For 22 years, he walked everywhere he went, including (laughs) treks across the entire United States and much of South America, hoping to inspire others to drop out of the petroleum economy. Wow. Isn't that so dope? That is incredible and super inspiring. Yeah. And I love that he was trying to inspire people to drop out of the petroleum economy. And now we have electric cars. So it's like, I wonder what he would think about that.
0: I wonder too. Oh my God. Okay. Well, listen, so, and I just want to throw this out there because um, I know you do video production and you do it so well uh, next year, or it doesn't have to be Black History Month, but when you get time to do a, I always think about February, about Black History Month, the conditioning, but it's 365, obviously.
1: It's 365 It's yes. just one month.
0: <laughs> so when you, when you get around to, cause I know you, you're very organized. I can tell, I can tell by the way, all of our conversations and everything, the way that you do things. And I have a lot of appreciation for very organized people because Thank I'm you. not one.
1: <laughs> I mean, you, you put a lot of hope and faith into me. I'm not the most.
0: But I would just say, I say all that to say, yes. just if you could add that to your, your content list, uh, a Black history, a Black environmentalist history. So because you're doing the work, Ashley, like you're 2020 you're doing it. And just paying homage to those that have come before you. Because like you said, you didn't see them. No. I mean, you didn't, you didn't see your contemporary so much. They're kind of few and far <laughs> between.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what i'm actually writing this down because i think that would be a dope black history month idea like just yeah because mm, that'd be a good project too because i want to i want to dive into that i want to yeah. know about you know the black environmentalists and you've thrown some my way that i would never heard of and i was like whoa
0: yeah and since you brought that up then i'll just mm-hmm. go ahead and also mention uh wangari matai mm-hmm. and she's she's notable for many reasons uh she started the green belt movement in the 70s and her goal was to plant trees across kenya to alleviate poverty and conflict i mean she had a plan like she 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 really had a plan because they ended up growing or not growing well it's all the same i guess planting more than 30 million trees Mm -hmm. so and she like she mobilized kenyans you know because africa is a continent (laughs) (laughs) not a country and i know you can tell us about that because how just this is a fun question how many continents how many african i'm sorry how many african countries have you been to
1: not nearly as many as i would like i've only been to i think three at this point really yeah, I'm surprised at that answer. I'm surprised too, to be quite honest. I I would say in the beginning when I first started traveling a lot. No, actually, Africa was the first place I visited. Uh, it was the first continent I visited outside of North America. Um, mm-hmm. It was, but it was to Egypt, so it was um, North Africa. Okay. Um, and then I also went to South Africa with my friends. We spent about two weeks there, mm-hmm. and then 2018 I went to Morocco um so yeah three countries but two of them were were north africa and then one was south africa so i have not explored the continent nearly as much as i would like to and and now i'm kind of sad cuz i'm like well 2020 when are we gonna go outside it again ain't happening <laughs> it ain't happening this year that's for sure oh my um, goodness and then my husband's family is nigerian so i've been trying to like you know Whisper in his ear, like, hey, let's go to Nigeria. Yeah. you know what? Dad, really like to go. Come on, I think it'd be special. So, we'll see. Maybe one day. Um, yeah, I mean, I I I can go you there. gotta go, you gotta go see your in laws, girl. Gotta go. I know. Well, they're all here now, so oh. <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah, so they're all here in the United States. That um,
0: makes it well, that makes a big difference.
1: That makes a big <laughs> difference. Yeah, they all came here, so um. Yeah, if we were to go there, it would have to be uh, for vacation, or maybe if he has some family still living there that we could stay with. Um, so that's probably like what's on his mind. Like where we're we gonna stay? with? you know, go yeah. there. What are we gonna do? I don't know yeah. anybody there. I Haven't been there in years. Like he has not been to Nigeria since he was a child. So.
0: Oh, that makes a big that makes a big difference. That makes
1: a big difference. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well just keep us posted i know it'll the videos will be go- going up <laughs> as soon as you do oh, um, yeah. sure. so i was um i had mentioned uh wangari matai and she also i just also want to mention that she was a 2004 nobel peace prize laureate so yes. she, like she she's incredibly noteworthy especially with just the the planting the trees and she was, you know, an, an activist, uh, of course, environmentalist. She cared about women's rights and, and poverty reduction and things of that nature. So I want to um, share a quote from her where she said, uh, poor people will cut the last tree to cook the last meal. The mm-hmm. more you degrade the environment, mm-hmm. the more you dig deeper into poverty. Mm-hmm. The,
1: more you does you degrade, the more you degrade the environment. What was the last part?
0: The more you dig deeper into poverty. Into
1: poverty. I, ooh, dang. That's deep, right? That is deep. (laughs) That is deep. And you you know what's so sad about, you know, environmental degradation? What? Poor people are the first ones to be impacted. Like when climate change hits, poor people are going to be the most impacted by climate change. Absolutely. Period. Yeah, they are going to be the most impacted. And that's why I really especially want our community to care about this. Yeah, it's going to be the poorest of our community that's going to have the hardest time, you know, adapting to the effects of climate change when I mean climate change is already happening don't get me wrong but it we're is. not because it's not personally affecting a lot of people and it's not in plain sight for a lot of people it's out of sight it's out of mind so we're not mm. panicking like we should we should all be panicking to be quite honest like it's yeah. so funny how we're panicking about this i don't want to say it's funny it's it's valid that we're, we're panicking about this pandemic, but we should also be panicking about climate change. But I think there's less of an urgency attached to it because it feels so far away. It feels like this thing that's not gonna happen in our generation, but we don't know that. You see how quickly things change with this pandemic. We don't know. We don't know how quickly things can change with the climate. And regardless, we know it's definitely gonna happen to our children. Like Ooh. if you, if you want to have kids and you're not concerned about climate change, you need to start caring now.
0: That's, and, I say that too, Ashley, thank you for taking those words out of my mouth. I love that because it's so true. It's like, okay, you don't have to, you feel like you don't have to care, but your kids, your grandkids, like it's, you don't just not carry on something, you know?
1: I, I will never forget having a conversation with a friend of mine and, you know, not to knock her. I just don't think she, she was thinking about it. Um, in this way, but, you know, she was just asking like, why I care so much about sustainability, and then she, you know, just like, well, you know, I'm a mom, and I just care about my kid, Like that's all I have the capacity to focus on right now, is just being a good mom, and I'm just thinking to myself, like, girl, if you want to be a good mom, you got to start caring about this stuff, because this is what she's going to have to deal with when you're gone, like, we get to die of old age, they're going to die of climate change if we don't oh. do something, and that's, that's hard to deal with. That is uh, a hard fact when you really think about, you know, our complacency in the fact that we get to li- live these com- comfy, cozy lives, but our children have a real, uh, there's a real chance that they could be very heavily impacted long and yeah. long and they're going to have to deal with this. I don't want my kids to have to deal with this mess.
0: no absolutely not um i there's so many ways that we can teach our kids um and i try to do that very proactively and and something like composting you know because this is black in the garden and i feel like we haven't in this particular interview we hadn't really gotten to the plants in the gardening part yet but of course it's all connected of course you're growing things
1: <laughs> so I am. So excited. And you were supposed it. to meet up with me so we could uh, have a no. session? But Carl uh, no. do not want us to be great, so you
0: know. We were definitely well. I'm not going to say we were supposed to. I'm going to say we're we're going to have to give it a minute. All right, and um, <laughs> we'll get there once once the planet opens back up. But oh my gosh, so really. I have a lot of very strong feelings about the environment and sustainability. And I know you do too, obviously. And that's how we're having this conversation. So I'm really trying to like keep it together and not get all over the place. But just continuing with with the conversation. um, Let me see, where do I wanna go next? Oh my God, because like I said, there's so many things. I'm thinking about, you mentioned earlier about how we... We need, to, um, we need to take, it, it, what is the word, individual responsibility mm-hmm. uh, in, in doing the things because if, once that all adds up, once everybody gets on board, then we'll be able to make a huge impact. And it's like a, a, a question that I like to ask myself when it comes to discussing these kind of things, especially with people who are not convinced that they're relevant, is what is the alternative? destruction of the earth it is already in progress
1: it's already in progress and I think we're seeing a small glimpse of what a world without humans could look like I'm sure you've seen these posts where you know the irony of like all these animals are starting to come back out it's like nature Mm. is starting to reclaim its face now that we Ooh. are social distancing ourselves and quarantining ourselves, and I, I've seen like really interesting images of, you know, people like the illustrations of people in our houses were kind of like imprisoned in our houses, and then you have like these animals on the outside looking at us and laughing because now the roles have reversed. So I saw that. Yeah, so right, 2019, you're in a zoo you know, poking at animals through a cage, ha ha, hey, look at you, and now it's the other way around, we're in our cages, and now they're out there enjoying the world, because we're not in it, <laughs> and they're just able to be free and flourish. They chillin',
0: yeah. chilling.
1: And it's interesting, like, and, and I was, I was actually walking my dog the other day, because I'm, I'm fortunate enough to live in a place where it's very quiet, it's very empty, mm-hmm. trails and woods and everything, you know, I can, I can actually get out and be by myself, and just take my dog out and it was it was kind of scary though like just walking through the woods
0: it is and just
1: like not hearing any humans it's just all I hear is nature I even saw like uh these ducks and different things and they, they followed me from like one side of the lake to the other because I think I was, <laughs> was the first time they'd seen a human in, in weeks maybe well wow. like, you know what happened because you know all the parks are shut down all the parks are closed nobody's coming out and so it was interesting and I just had this dark thought I was like whoa, like this, it just feels like this is what a world without humans would feel like. Like, I felt like I was just like in the woods, there's me and my dog, and I was like, like, nobody's here. It's kind of creepy. This is really creepy. And I'm like, this is literally what the world could be like if we don't change things. And I don't want to scare anybody, but yeah. it's, it's a, it's a harsh reality. Like, we, we gotta care. We gotta care because this could really happen. You know, I always say like every disaster movie, it starts with People ignoring scientists. The science is out there. Yes. The
0: science, it's, <laughs> it's listen, not, once it's again, <laughs> what you said, I have so many ways to follow up with that. So I'm like, where do I go? Okay, okay. So you made me think about this series that comes on the History Channel that I love. And this is going to tie everything together now that I think about it. It's called Life After People. Ooh. It's a old, it's morbid, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> but it is, that.
0: you might want to watch it. Girl, listen, Life After People is a series. And what they do is they categorize each episode based on observing what would happen to certain types of like infrastructure. Like one episode is all about the museums and the, the way that we preserve our culture. There's a whole episode about like the grocery stores and how basically, and then they use examples. I'm not trying to get all on this whole tangent about that particular show, but I do love that show. And if you can find it, watch it. Um, But what they show though, is they go forward every five or 10 years and they project what the earth would look like based on the, the things that they're observing. And what we see is how the earth reclaims itself and how all of the vines come out and everything kind of grows over you see what i'm saying and Mm -hmm. so the point that you just made it it goes towards something that i've realized and i feel like i don't say it enough which is the earth could just take itself back the earth does not need us no
1: (laughs) we need it we need it (laughs) and i don't think we realize that
0: and that is really the answer to anybody who is not certain about why we should all be planeteers
1: (laughs) 100 percent. i think you summed that up beautifully we definitely need to be planeteers we need to work with the earth because at the end of the day like you said earth does not need us if anything
0: we're accessories
1: We, we are accessories we have utterly like destroy this planet you know to the point where you have like billionaire elon musk trying to find a way to get to another planet yeah. <laughs> building you know spaceships and whatnot so that you know we'll have a, a way to escape this planet should it yeah. self-destruct he um, to do. They, they i feel like he knows something he know, he must know something he's but, participating in destroying it is he not Elon Musk? No, he's the one who came, he
0: invented Tesla. So he came up with Tesla. Okay. So yeah. basically he, cause now you can educate us and educate me in particular. So I have a mistrust for uh, people that when they get to a certain level of wealth because of what corporate culture does to yeah. destroy the earth. So you're telling me, uh, and I need to do my research, and I'm totally cool being transparent about how. I look, I don't know. Ashley, help me understand. No,
1: you're fine. So, a lot of people d- I didn't know who Elon Musk was until I got a Tesla. Like, now I know all about him and what his mission is. And, and I do not blame you because, girl, like, he's not perfect. You know, a lot of people okay. like to put him on a pedestal. Like, I'm not going to put Tesla on a pedestal because the, the fact of the matter is, electric cars are actually not even the most sustainable way you can, um, you know, get around.
0: Exactly, because we're supposed to walk like John Francis. We can we
1: can walk like John. We can walk like John. And even you know, I went to a climate strike, and there was this girl. She was sitting on some steps, and she had a sign talking about hemp. So I walked over to her, and she started telling me about hemp. And she was like, "And I was, oh you yeah, know, me. I was like, oh, you know, I'm I'm all about sustainability. I'm an electric car." And she just, yeah. Up and she was like, "Oh, you have an electric car?" I was like, "Yeah." And she was like, "Yeah, well, you know." There's a lot of problems involved with like making the batteries, and so like if you do, oh. your research, like you know, battery production is not always necessarily the most sustainable. So sure, like it's like while yes, we're more sustainable because we're not emitting you know CO2 up into the into the atmosphere. Um, you, you have to consider the carbon footprint of, you know, having to make those batteries and are those batteries being made ethically or are they being made Uh. by children and, you know, some poor country on the other side of the world. I don't know. Right. So you have to consider every aspect of like the way a product is made to really, you know, call it sustainable, but. Not to take away from what Elon Musk is doing, what he's doing is <laughs> And his, 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 his purpose, his goal is to accelerate the world's transition to sustainability. That is his mission. Like, you know, he started PayPal. So, and so he's very smart. What? So Yeah, so he, he was the one who, um, he, did, he, he started PayPal and he made his money off of that. But, you know, and I always tell people like, if you're trying to be like a millionaire or you have like some kind of mission in life, Don't get so hung up on that mission. Figure out like how to make money using the skill sets that you have and use that money to bankroll what you really want to do. So that's what he did. He started PayPal. didn't have anything to do with his bigger mission, but he had a great idea, made a ton of money off of it, sold it use that money and now he has Tesla now he has solar city solar city is a company that you know creates um like solar tiles solar panels so he's helping people you know build solar homes so like we have a solar um home right now but unfortunately we weren't able to go with a solar city because they weren't available in Georgia okay. um but, you know so but he was able to use that money to fund those those larger initiatives that he really cared about and now SpaceX right he's trying to figure out how to get people you know uh, onto another planet. You know, <laughs> with so, you know, he, I swear he knows something that we don't know They all these people. So, you know, not all people with money are bad. I definitely don't think he's one of them. I think he genuinely, you know, because it takes a lot. It took a lot for him to do what he did. Like you, he went up against the oil industry. You know, these, these big easy. industries, that's not easy to do. That's actually kind of scary, you know, because they have the money to take you out if they want to, right? So that that was a very brave thing for him to do, in my opinion, and to even take a risk like that. as a financial risk, you think about it, because, you know, everybody was telling him that that idea of his was not going to succeed. That was going to fail. Like, nobody's going to want a luxury electric car. Like, you know, the people who were buying electric cars back then, they were like, you know, more on the affordable side. They weren't very expensive. They weren't luxury. They were kind of seen as like a hippie thing, you know, you know, us hippie environmentalists, you know, kooky crazy, right? But you know, he was like, no, I'm going to make it sleek and sexy. And you're like, electric cars and sexy don't go hand in hand. So he did something completely revolutionary and he literally disrupted the automobile industry with what he created. So he
0: he did. And it's not just like, I know that there are like commercial trucks, like 18 wheelers are being rolled out, which is a cause of concern for me, but we're not going to get into all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But he, it's been told to me, I remember having a conversation about, how it starts with a luxury vehicle Mm -hmm. and what that does is allows for you know him to build corporately in Mm -hmm. in a way where it will be able to be affordable
1: exactly and that's exactly what he did started with the luxury got all that money from like you know the, the people who could afford those like really expensive model x's and whatnot and then over time he was able to develop the capital to now develop like a whole line of affordable um, electric cars. So like, I think the the higher end ones were like, you know, starting at like 60,000. And then once he got those, you know, sold and, you know, those popularized, he was then able to come out with like the um, the models that were more affordable for like the rest of uh, the nation, well, the rest of the world, because it's, it's now a worldwide company. So, you know, he came out with the Model 3, um, which starts out at, a, in, like, in the 30000 So, you know, mm-hmm. he was able to completely, like, cut that price in half. So, like, his goal was never to just be this like luxury car company that's super exclusive for like you know rich people driving around these teslas he never wanted that like that was never his goal he wanted to make this accessible to the public and accessible to everybody so that's the only way uh, to have the impact that he exactly i
0: imagine he would wish to have it would have to be accessible to everybody and so it does make sense to start like even with some i know a few people i've had some conversations with people who start businesses even say around gardening uh similar to me where it's like i am offering a service i'm charging a premium for this service uh ultimately i wish to really be able to provide the service for free especially to communities who are in need but leave it to the higher end customers to basically you know invest in, in your company and get you to a point where you will be able to afford to make your service accessible in the way that you truly want to do. But you got to get your coin first.
1: That is so smart. And you know, it. Ooh, that, Ooh, I love what you just said, because you're so right about that. And, and sometimes it can be really difficult. I feel like in the black community, because it's like when you try to sell a premium service, people look at you all crazy like, oh, why aren't you offering this for free? Or, you know, you should make this for <laughs> I free. want to. It's like, y'all, like, I want to, but I need to do this first so that I can make it affordable, so that I can make it more accessible. But, you know, don't knock me down for, you know, trying to start my business and trying to, you know, yeah. create this thing. Like, just focus on the bigger picture. Like, where I want to take this, it's so much bigger than, you know, this one little thing right now that's, you know, kind of expensive. But, yeah. you know, once it gets off the ground, I can get it to a place where it can have that, that impact that I want it to have, where I it can be it it. accessible, but you got to let me get there first and, you know, stop trying to tear me down before I get there.
0: <laughs> well, you just spoke to one of the burdens of, uh, being a visionary and, and having kind of like visionary, uh, qualities and leadership tendencies, which is similar to, uh, wait, you said. Elon Musk. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. And let me clarify from earlier. I had him mixed up with Jeff Bezos from Amazon.
1: Oh, That's got why you. I was getting, got you, got you. okay. Okay.
0: Because Amazon is like, it's a necessary evil, I guess, you know, but we're not going to get all into Amazon. I'm not even going to get into Amazon, yeah, okay. but <laughs> what thinking, which what we were agreeing about is, you know, you, you really do have to get your, your thing going. And you got to get it situated so that you'll be able to help in the way that you truly want to. But, you know, we're, we're in a capitalistic society. So very, very
1: society.
0: that's a big part of it. You know, you need capital in order to
1: fund ventures. <laughs> exactly. Thank, Thank you. You that's need it. capital, period. You need capital. And yeah. you know, I, I can't make the impact that I have if I'm just going to give everything that I know away for free because I won't be able to scale to the size that I need this to be to have the impact that I want.
0: That's, that's really, that's it. I'm so glad that you understand. So, um, you know what? I, I do want to ask you about how you got into gardening just to kind of wrap everything up because listen, Ashley, I've had a blast and I literally could continue this conversation. I got a, I f- I can feel I got a, a good two more hours in me. But <laughs> I do, and I know you do too, but yes, I, I want to ask you about how you, how you tied all this into gardening, because I know we all know the answer. How is gardening tied into sustainability? Yes. I'm going to let you tell us how, what it means to you.
1: Well, I can tell you, you know, what got me into plants. Um, I went vegan uh, around 2016, and so I would say that veganism led to me nurturing my relationship with the outdoors. It lets me nurture my relationship with, you know, the environment, environmental preservation and plant-based eating, you know. And it heightened my interest in learning naturally about plants, flowers, herbs, spices, and how to grow them. And, of course, when you think about sustainability, right, like I never want to be in a place or position where if a worldwide disaster occurs, I don't know how to grow my own food. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. (laughs) I'm hungry all the time. I need to eat, okay? I don't ever want to starve. That is a a legitimate fear of mine, Starvation. I don't want, I don't like that feeling of wanting to eat and I don't have anything. So I have made it, like I have made up my mind, like I am dedicated to learning everything I can about plants and how to grow them, you know, and, and how to sustainably produce food. And, and I've even gone so far as to, like, I think one of my dreams now is to one day own my own sustainable farm. Um, oh, Ashley, I'm yeah. coming. <laughs> you are so welcome to come. I would yeah. love to be there. So, you know, I, I have Caribbean and Indian roots, right? I'm my, my dad's side of the family, they're Caribbean, on well, my mom's side of the family. Um, Indian. And so I, I just visited my mom in India recently because she moved there seven years ago to take care of um, my grandparents who were sick. And mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that is kind of morbid, but like I, I think she thought that they were going to um, pass soon. Yeah. They didn't. So it was like seven years later, she's still there. That's care. funny. Wow. And wow. it's like, uh, mom, when you coming back home? She's like, you know, I'm just waiting. waiting. They're still alive, <laughs> They're right. girl. Uh, uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we'll see. So I went out there to visit her. <laughs> and she, oh my God, you would love her place, girl. You would, would. love her. I, I saw the this. pictures, oh, girl. She has a a coconut farm, so she has this beautiful property, and just, just, oh, she loves flowers. And I didn't get it growing up. I took it for granted growing up. You know, she has all this knowledge about plants and flowers, and I just, I thought what she did was so easy. And now that I'm trying to do it on my own, I'm like, God, how did my mom do this? Like, I realized it took yeah. her years, years to build the garden that she, you know, we had at my childhood home. And then even like the house that she lives in now in India, I look at where she lives. And I mean, you can see the, the care, the great yeah. care she, she puts into taking Um, care of her plants and her flowers her herbs her spices her vegetables everything like she every day she makes it a ritual to go outside and and you know uh, water her flowers and her plants it's like it's therapeutic for her it is and mama and you know and since we're talking about like sustainability and you know plant-based eating and just holistic living i'm just so fascinated by how healing nature is you know i tell people like we, we live in a society that likes to turn to pills for everything but there's only so much pills can do for you like the real medicine is in what we eat it's in our food it's in nature and so i'm deeply fascinated with you know, growing the things that can sustain me and help me and really heal me and, and prevent, because that's the key thing is prevention, right? Like I don't wanna be in a position where I have to heal myself all the time. I wanna be yeah. in a position where I'm preventing things. I wanna always be on offense, not defense. And you find that in nature. So that really got me into gardening and trying to understand plants better in terms of like what to eat and you know how to use it as medicine. To um, you know, make sure that I am at my healthiest.
0: That's that's it. Okay, so we'll we'll talk more off off of the air about getting your herb garden going and everything. And yeah. what? Because I know that you recently you did a thirty day growing challenge. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, how do you feel? How did you feel at the end of your thirty days versus the beginning of your thirty days?
1: Carol, I feel so good. I think so many of us, kind of at some point in our adult lives, we convince ourselves that we cannot keep a plant alive. Like I've heard that so many times to the yep. point where I started believing that about my own self. I, I hear, you know, friends always say, "Oh yeah, I can't keep a plant alive." You know, I, I'll do fake plants because there's no way I can keep a plant alive. But I'm like, have you tried? Try. Have you actually really tried? And so I decided to, to be intentional. And I think when you're intentional about keeping plants alive, it's a whole different ball game versus maybe yeah. like if somebody gifts you a plant when you're not in that headspace to actually be a plant parent, you know? Yeah. But you really like, you, you really set that intention. Like, I'm going to keep these plants alive. You can do it. It's not as hard. As you think it is. So I just started out, I bought um, a mixture of, you know, plants and herbs and um, fruits and vegetables. So I, I did sunflowers, marigolds, zinnia, chives, rainbow carrots, swish chard, tomatoes, carrots, watermelon, thyme, and basil. And I was like, look, if I can do this, I can do anything. So, you know, now I'm online researching plants. I You know, I even have a dog and I'm really into holistic dog care now. So I got yeah. this, this PDF for every herb for every, like, ailment for a dog and, you know, what dogs can, can have. So, I just went on Amazon and ordered some different seeds so that I can make sure that um, my dog's health is is perfect, you know, because, wow. you know, I care, I care about my health. I, I want to make sure my, my dog's health is on point, too. So, you know, like, there's a, there are so many layers to this. Like, I, I don't even... Whew, we that's a whole other topic, girl, dog nutrition. They are, but, <laughs> wow,
0: Ashley, whew. you... I love, i said this already, but I really do love everything you just said because you're just like speaking very eloquently and you're making it all make sense. You know what I'm saying? You're not speaking in a way where it's like, eh, what she mean? You're, you're just giving it right to us. And what I, what I'm walking away from as I'm, you know, wrapping up the interview with you is I recognize the journey that you got started on when you looked around that beach in Bali and you were like, nah, we gotta we gotta do better. And by now, wait, how many years ago did you say that was? That
1: was 2015.
0: Okay, wow. so and that that was like a minute ago, but still not that long ago. No. But look at where you've come, where when you were when you came home from from Bali, you probably weren't thinking about gardening. No. You know what I mean? It's a journey, girl. (laughs) And then, like, five years later, you're, oh, I'm so excited. So you're going to garden. That's dope. That is really dope. I mean.
1: Yeah. I never found myself as a gardener. It's just, but you're right. It really is a journey. Like, there are just so many, like, who I am now is probably not even going to be who I am a year from now. I'm probably going to learn so much more that's going to, you know, make me interested in, in even more things. Cause I definitely never thought that I'd be interested in gardening. If you asked me a year ago whether I was gonna have, you know, a garden and be growing herbs and stuff, I would looked get you crazy. I'd be like, no, I, I can't garden. <laughs> That's not something I, I'm capable of doing. And now I'm like, I want to own a farm one day. I want to be a, a farm. I want to be a farmer, farmer ash. And, you know, so it, it's like I said farmer, it's, ash. It's farmer ash is a journey. So like you you the more you go down that path and you put your all you dedicate everything you've had to learning everything about, you know, your craft. You, you just continue to grow and you continue to level up every single day in wisdom and knowledge and goals. Um, and my goals just keep leveling up all the time and you know they keep getting bigger and bigger and so drastically different from where it was five years ago you know five years ago I never even thought I would be here talking about sustainability or veganism I wasn't vegan five years ago like it all it it was a transition like 2015 you know became aware of environmentalism 2016 I was like hey I'm going vegan 2017 um bought a did I buy, yeah, I bought a Tesla. It was like, I'm going to buy an electric car. 2018, built a solar powered home. You know, 2019 completely transformed my brand so that I could start educating people on this stuff. Now that I had like walked it and talked it and like lived it, I was like, now I'm going to start spreading it. So it's just, it, it's, it's 100%. Like you said, it is a journey and I'm enjoying it. I'm so open to, what I'm going to learn next. And if anything, like I want people to take away from this is to be open, always be open to adapting, you know, and changing and just educating yourself to new possibilities and new concepts and new ways of doing things that could be healthier for you, your home, your family, and, and the world.
0: Ashley, I feel like you're like leveling up Black in the Garden because I just feel like you're sitting on Oprah's couch, so that <laughs> implies I feel like Oprah right now because you just sound so eloquent and fly, Aww. and everything is everything is making sense. Everything is like deep and getting straight to the point, and, and we understand that. It's it's a journey, it's sustainability, it's like take care of yourself and the more that we mm-hmm. it's brilliant. So and then you're talking about like, you know, entrepreneurship and, and the way that you change your brand and basically you're you're able to live your dreams and and have your journey unfold in a very organic way. Yeah. So do you mind sharing with you I mean sharing with us because <laughs> you already know. <laughs>
1: i'm gonna share with myself
0: (laughs) you yeah it's all about the same because you can still hear it you know share with us uh (laughs) what you are looking forward to as far as you know projects that you want to share with us of course let us know how we can find you Mm -hmm. what's good with hey ashley renee because you know she stay ready
1: i stay ready i'm ready for the next challenge I will say um, one thing that I would really love to say, a C going forward. I wanna see more black people in green spaces. And you know, I love what you're doing and how you're revolutionizing this space and being an example for the black community and showing people like, hey, we out here. We are out in nature. We get our hands dirty. We grow things. So that's something professionals. that- I'm, I'm professionals.
0: You. professionals, professionals,
1: mm-hmm. yes. So I want to see more of that. I want to see more Black people in green spaces. Um, This year, I'm doing 12 months of 30-day eco-challenges where I spend every day of each month doing something positive for the earth. And, you know, all of your listeners are welcome to to join me in that. You know, it's very simple. Every every month, you pick an eco-friendly habit that you want to focus on and you go for it, like every single day, like you, you dedicate that month to that eco friendly habit. So I'll say like February, right? February was my month of deepening my relationship with nature through daily one hour long meditation challenges. Um, mm. So I would go outside and I would, I would intentionally spend an hour out in the woods, you know, just walking and just being present. And it changed me. And like, I, it's something I kept up with, you know, I still do that. Every yeah. day. I go out, I make sure I, I have my Apple watch for, I I don't stop until I've been out there for at least an hour. Um, and let's see, March, I grew something, you know, I spent 30 days growing things and April is my repurpose challenge. So I challenge all of you listening to try to find things in your house that you would normally dispose of and give it new life. So repurpose. So that, that, so I challenge everybody to, you know, find ways every month to, you know, deepen your relationship with the planet in some way. Um, you know, I've learned people only fight for what they feel connected to and, you know, spending time in nature and, and doing things for nature will, will help you form that, that connection. So that's what I want to see more of going forward. You know, my platform is dedicated to showing people how to use plant-based and sustainable, lifestyle ch- ch- um, lifestyles, plant-based and sustainable lifestyles to help end animal exploitation, stop climate change, and vastly improve our own health. And our homes in the process. And so I think, you know, in order for people to even care about these issues it just begins with changing your mentality and take that first critical step in, in forming a relationship with nature and developing your appreciation for nature. So, you know, spend time in it, learn how to appreciate it, do things for it. Y'all got this. I'm, I'm excited for every single listener here. You know, I'm excited to see, you know, what, what modifications you make that you think could, you know, make a big impact on, on the planet. I remember, like I said in the very beginning, it doesn't matter if you're just one person you yeah. will have a domino effect and it will indeed change the world you one person you can change the world it may not feel like it but i promise you you can so I, i'm excited for for what all of you guys um decide to do if you decide to do this challenge i'm not even gonna say it y'all gonna do this challenge with me. Do, you it. do it you're gonna do it <laughs>
0: that's it we just gonna do
1: it we're just gonna do it you know? <laughs> You know, and I, I feel like as black people, especially like we want to, we want to deepen our, our, our relationship with plants because plants can be a huge stress relief. They have a lot of a huge st- uh, stress relief benefits for us. Yes. Being black in right America, I think I told you this before, plant therapy, being black in America, period, is a stressful experience in itself. So I think having plants in our lives, you know, it's, it's a proven way to cut down that stress. So I think we should all be encouraging each other in our community to add some green to our lives. So get out there, get one with nature, y'all. You can find me me and learn more about, you know, sustainable living on Hey Ashley Renee. I'm on Instagram. Uh, I upload videos to YouTube about plant-based living and sustainable living to my YouTube channel. It's Hey, Ask Renee. You can find me everywhere. It's says Hey, Ask Renee. Hey, Ask Hey, Ask on YouTube. Hey, Ash on Instagram. Boom. Hey, Ash So, and you can hit me up if you want to learn more, if you want one-on-one coaching, if you, you know, want to go deeper into on a personal level, I got you. So just hit me up.
0: That's it. Uh, you said all of the things that need to be said. I agree with those things. <laughs> and I want everybody <laughs> to uh, take up the challenge whatever challenge you can even if you got to come up with a new challenge Uh, whatever we can do to take care of the earth because we kind of need it y'all we kind of do so (laughs) thank you once again Ashley Renee I want to wish you love light and soil and Um, y'all go fire Ashley boom another one for the books and a wonderful one that was I enjoyed that so much. I hope that you enjoyed listening as much as I enjoyed having that conversation. I hope that we are all enlightened and that we can reconsider and reevaluate thoughts that we might have about sustainability. If that's something that's necessary, because I'm not even trying to insinuate that you are not sustainable minded or, or oriented or whatever. It does require effort and action and intention on everybody's behalf. Challenge yourself. If you haven't already challenged yourself, why not? So if you've listened this far, then that means you really listen. Like this interview, and eh, decided not to break it in half and do a two-part series situation. I decided y'all going to get this whole sustainability talk on today. We have more time. To chill, we have more time to devote to things of this nature. So let's just get into it. We are well, we already did. We already did. We're we're I'm saying we did it. And I enjoyed the doing. And I encourage you to continue to support. I thank you for your new support. If you just got here, what's up? If you've been here, thanks for coming back. Make sure you keep up with us on when I say us, it's me. It's, it's really neat right now. <laughs> it's okay. I am on Instagram at Black in the Garden. I am on YouTube, Black in the Garden. I am on Facebook with the Black in the Garden page. All of those things, you know, I'll be updating them sometime. But, you know, the primary platform is Instagram, just to keep it as simple as possible. There's a website that is being developed currently where you'll be able to get all of all, everything that you need about Black in the Garden. And it will be so much easier to just say that. <laughs> but progress, progress, work, growth, okay? What are you growing? What's happening? Keep me posted. Email me, blackinthegarden at gmail.com. Drop some comments for me somewhere, some hearts, some likes. Just keep up. You know what I mean? I appreciate you. We're here on season Two episode one for the books. Very excited about that and uh, support by becoming a patron on Patreon. Definitely going to continue to push that effort because I know that y'all want to support and I want you to know that there is a way, and that is Patreon.com forward slash Black in the Garden. So you can go ahead. And be a sustained supporter. You should do that because you love me, right? I mean, it's all good, you know, show it. (laughs) But yeah, so we did all the things that we came here to do. And I'm only still talking because it's like one of those lingering types of things where it's like, I don't really want it to be over. I can't believe we back. What else? You hang up. (laughs) But no, it's, it's, it's. It's exciting. All right, y'all. So I'm going to go ahead and wish you love, light, and soil. Whatever I forgot, it'll be in the notes. But yes, thank you so much for rocking with Black in the Garden. Y'all be safe. Stay in the house.